The Occupy Central action did not take place according to the original plan of its leaders and organizers. It turned out to be an umbrella movement participating in occupation of several main streets in Kowloon and Hong Kong. In essence, the umbrella movement is still an action of civil disobedience by the unlawful occupation of public areas. Having broken out and been sustained in such a form and on such a scale, that was totally beyond anyone's anticipation or even imagination. No doubt, the umbrella movement has caught the attention not only of everyone in Hong Kong, but also the international community. This event is not only affecting the daily lives of many, but also the passions and emotions of many others who have kept a close watch over the development of the political situation in Hong Kong. While there are still thousands of protesters directly participating in the occupation of various sites in Causeway Bay, Admiralty and Mongkok, there are even more supporters who are closely watching and ready to come out to support the continued occupation of the sites. At present, the police are reluctant to take action to clear the barricades and occupants in these various sites for two reasons. First, the protesters are simply not scared by tear gas and police patents are always prepared to group together in great numbers to form human barricades to resist any act of clearance by the police. That was exactly what happened in Mongkok. Second, the administration and the police, for the time being, do not appear to be willing to escalate the use of physical force, including using rubber ballots to crack down on the protesters and the Occupy action because the political price is too high to pay, at least before holding of the APEC in Beijing from the 10th to the 11th November 2014. During the past many days, I have frequently stayed in the occupied sites, particularly at Harcourt Row and Timbay Row of Emberty, and exchanged views with different groups of occupiers. I find that, although not many of them are veteran political activists. Most of them, be they students, professionals, workers or housewives, have a clear conception of why they are taking part in this movement and why they are so determined to stay on until they achieve certain concrete progress in political reform. The commitment of these occupiers has deeply impressed and moved me. I have begun to feel that the occupation may last for a much longer period than we initially expected. Recently, there has been increasing concern, especially from those middle-aged supporters, as to whether there can be a planned endgame, which will allow the occupiers to withdraw peacefully and with dignity. This concern has probably arisen because of the public nuisance caused to the general public and particularly to those who have suffered economic losses due to the occupation, such as taxi drivers, minibus operators, and nearby shop owners. The injunction proceedings commenced by these aggrieved parties have generated further weight on the side of that public opinion, which is against the movement. Many pro-democracy supporters and activists are themselves concerned that a prolonged occupation may exacerbate public antagonism and cause collateral damage to the democracy movement in the long run. While C.Y. Leung's regime has already lost 
its legitimacy to govern, and hence has nothing further to lose. Some critics suggest that if the occupation continues without a withdrawal plan, the tide of public opinion will gradually turn and run against the pro-democracy parties and their supporters. While the whole community has become more intensely divided by the occupied movement, there is a rising difference in sentiment between the students and young occupiers on the one hand, and the relatively old occupiers or supporters, being forty or above in age, of the movement. On the other hand, the former seldom concern themselves with discussing any plan for ending the movement, while the latter, particularly. The three occupied central leaders are very concerned about the safety of the occupiers in case of a crackdown occurs. Any decision to work out a withdrawal plan at this juncture is certainly against the strong sentiment of the occupiers to resolutely remain in the occupied areas. This is so, even though there is apparently no prospect of the resumption. Of a dialogue between the government and the students or the occupiers' representatives. Similarly, the possibility of realizing the demands of the occupiers, namely the resignation of C. Y. Leung as chief executive, and the promise of the central government to review the MPCSC decision made on the 31st August 2014, is practically nil. In most other countries, where there have been Gatherings of such large crowds of protesters in the business district. We have seen scenes of chaos and conflicts that have caused serious injuries to persons, damage to properties, and even lootings in shops and department stores. As a fervent participant in the movement, notwithstanding there are tremendous difficulties and uncertainties ahead of us, I can see the bright side of this historical event. I strongly believe that Hong Kong people have written an amazing chapter in the human history of non-violent struggle for democracy. During the more than thirty days of occupation, leaving aside a few isolated incidents of relatively minor conflicts, the movement has generally been peaceful and non-violent. The occupiers have been calm, restrained, and always conscious of the need to prevent violence. After 28 September this year, and after occupation movement has blossomed all over Hong Kong, Hong Kong has changed and somehow rediscovered its spirit and identity. I believe that the protesters and occupiers in the movement will continue to abide by the golden principle of civil disobedience, namely non-violence. In that case, even the police are ordered to clear the occupied sites. They can in no way be induced or driven to use excessive or disproportionate physical force. After all, most of the leaders and occupiers realize the legal consequence of their civil disobedience, and are prepared to subject themselves to a sentence by the court. As there is no intent or plan for forceful resistance, we do not anticipate that the sites will be cleared by way of a bloody crackdown. In the future. The occupied movement may re-emerge at any time, at any place, and on any scale, with or without leaders or planning. This is the new Hong Kong that the government has to face 
if the government continues to deny true democracy to the people of Hong Kong.